Hey, everybody. Turn back the clock. An impromptu live edition. Adam from Splendid Sports. Dylan, Double D Vintage Baseball Cards. And our guest tonight, the Mangini Collection, John Mangini. Hello, John. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. What are you drinking, Dylan? Uh, I got vodka and and uh, soda stream water. Soda water. Happy hour in Hawaii. Yes, it is. Four o'clock. Yeah, it's uh, we kept Stoke, John up late Stoke tonight. Here. Kept John up late, so uh, we are gonna, you know, in theme, we're gonna we're gonna talk about and look at some uh, rare stuff, right? I got I got at least for me, I got a, a few rare items that I've never shown before. Uh, I think Dylan, you have a couple, and John's always got. All, I'm sure all over your desk is like you know one of ones and things no one's ever seen before. So we're ready. We're ready to see some stuff tonight. We're gonna. We're going to talk rare, obscure stuff. Uh, who knows? We don't really have a plan. This was kind of an impromptu thing. So uh, we're just going to see where it goes. We'll see where this talk goes, folks. So, John, uh, what's on your mind tonight with the hobby? Pantyhose. <laughs> dude, I would, when you texted that, I'm like, dude, is it for cleaning cards? Are people using yeah, it? so I guess uh, I guess somebody did a video. I don't know all the details. I just see the rumblings because I I don't watch a lot of that stuff. <laughs> but uh, I've seen a number of people doing videos uh, up in arms about these, these pantyhose thing. I guess somebody did a video showing that you can clean residue like gum residue or wax residue off of cards with pantyhose. Well, I have to tell you that back in the day, that's what we did. When you had a card and it had some gum residue, you would go get your mom's pantyhose and, and you would lightly brush it and take that residue off because you didn't want it, you know? But I guess in, in the modern era, in the modern hobby with grading and how expensive uh, cards have gotten because people pay such ridiculously high prices for tens and so forth, now all of a sudden this is considered cleaning cards or altering cards by some. Right. Uh, so I just kind of find it funny because we've been doing that for years and you probably have 10 percent of your cards in your collection, graded cards. That was probably done, too, because everybody did it back in the day. And uh, I just kind of find it a little funny. It, it doesn't hurt the car. Uh, you're just taking some, you know, some gum residue off of there. So I think it's a big to, to do about nothing, really. I mean, it's not like you're coloring it, you're trimming it. Um, and if, if, you know, if PSA grades it or you can't tell, then how would you even know? What harm did it do? Well, I did that my very first thing I ever sent to PSA or SGC. I, I wiped my cards off. I, I didn't even know that it was like really a thing. Like I just saw residue. I'm like, well, I could probably just wiped it off with, a, you know, one of those rags, but not pantyhose. That sounds like it would work better. Because in the surfing world, we use pantyhose filled with foam dust to get the wax to clean our boards completely off. It gets all the wax off. We've been using pantyhose with surfboard stuff inside of the pantyhose. And it, and it becomes this buffer that cleans wax off. Um, so it makes perfect sense. And that's pretty funny. My sport now is cleaning baseball. Well, you know, whole, it's, it's comboed. <clears throat> I don't yeah, I know it's wrong with wiping wax off cards. I know it's been done since at least the '70s and probably before that, probably the '60s, maybe the '50s. But I know it. You know, I know 
uh, back in the seventies, everybody did it in the eighties. Yeah. I saw, uh, what was it? I, I never used, I never knew about that technique. Um, you know, pantyhose to clean off the wax or any of that stuff, but I saw a video, I think it was a uh, Cajun cardboard. Uh, he's a big Michael Jordan collector and, and he was doing a video doing the pantyhose, cleaning off the wax. And that's the first time I, even heard of that i never i never well that that may be the video everybody's reacting to that okay. may be it okay yeah i don't know we have a way of uh i i you know jumping on something and and blowing it way out of proportion sometimes but i know there are people that are absolutely adamantly opposed to that they don't even want you wiping off a fingerprint on a shiny new card but i mean you would never know i'm sure you have cards in your collection that are graded that that was done you're not altering the card. So that seems silly. I've always like, if I have a fingerprint on a card, I'm wiping it off. Yeah, I do <laughs> That doesn't too. bother me one bit. You, you know, you, that, yeah, like you say, that is not all altering the card. You're just cleaning it off. Somebody touched it. You don't want your hands on it. I wipe my cases off all the time. Yeah, and I mean, we didn't do it with the intent of selling it and, and grading, you know, the grade of the card wasn't that big of a deal back then. You, you know, you, you you were a kid and you just didn't like the look of the gum on it. You just wanted that gum residue off of it, right? So there's no ill intent there. Yep. Uh, but I agree. It's a whole new world, guys. I, I like I said, I have some things here I've never shown before. And John, you may not consider them rare, but they're rare for me. So I want to show a few things here. Well, I'm just going to show one here to start. Uh, I I saw Theo in the chat. And Theo and I were walking around the national together and I picked this card up. I haven't actually shown it to anybody other than, other than Theo. I've always wanted a card from this set and I picked up, I'll tell you why the player is uh, special to me. I have a connection. This is the uh, 1954 Wilson Franks, Ted William. No, I'm just kidding. Sammy White, <laughs> Sammy White, oh, nice. old Red Sox catcher. And uh, it was just a random thing. Like, you know, Theo and, and I were walking around. We stopped by a table. I see this thing in the in the case, and I'm thinking, "Hey, that's nice." You know, I don't I didn't see a ton of those, so uh, just looked great. And Sammy White, old Red Sox catcher. My dad, uh, he has a vintage Sammy White catcher's mitt that I think his dad gave him ha, uh, from back nice. back in the '50s, and he still has it. Um, and so I always thought, like, I get it. I want to get a Sammy White card someday, and this was perfect because you know I could kind of knock off both uh, a set and a player that I had no cards of that. I have a connection with and I started reading about Sammy White. I don't know how much you guys know about this guy, but but Dylan, he even has a connection to you. Um, check this out. Ready? I wrote down a couple notes. Sammy White. Uh, he was an all star one year in 1953. Uh, this guy was an all American basketball player. Uh, people say he could have played in the NBA. He uh, after he retired, he uh, well, actually, I think it was maybe right after or, or during the end of his career. He opened a bowling alley in, in, in uh, Boston called Brighton Bowl, which is very famous in that area. And uh, he became a pro bowler. And then later in his life, the guy moved to Hanalei, Hawaii, and uh, he became a professional golfer for the Princeville organization. And he died there in uh, at the age of 64, Dylan. So in your neck of the woods up there in Hawaii, over there in Hawaii, uh, what a, this guy, professional bowler, PGA uh you know, professional golfer, not on the PGA tour, but like a PGA pro. And he could have been an NBA player and he was an all-star for the Red Sox. I never knew any yeah. of this stuff until I was reading about him. Dude, that's yeah. Isn't that the wonderful thing about uh, cards? Yeah. Unbelievable. 
talk about uh, talk about a guy who had skill, man. To just be able to be a professional in all those different <laughs> all those different sports. That's crazy. Adam, well, you know, it's no go go, John. Take I was it. just gonna say, uh, you know, uh, growing up, um, you get the cards, and <clears throat> you know, I would know a lot of the players from the cards, right? And I may not have watched them play. Uh, but you, you get these cards and then you research the players, you know, in the old days, you know, when I was growing up, that wasn't so easy, but now you could just look on Wikipedia and find out just about everything about somebody or go on to Saber if you want even more information. And, uh, you know, that's, that's one of the wonderful things about the hobby is learning about those other, those old players, obscure players. And everybody has a story. Every human being has some sort of story. Yeah, that's, it is awesome. It's crazy. It's all at our fingertips now. Yeah. Uh, Adam, you don't know how, I mean, I'll tell you later, but Hanalei um, is how you pronounce that in Princeville. I know those places well, and okay. that, that is pretty crazy. That's classic. And that card that you showed. So to get, so you guys know where I'm coming from. I'm a tops guy. And when you're collecting by yourself all these years, I wasn't going on researching on the internet all these little, all these other cards. When I, uh, Mike Moynihan shared a Roy Campanella with the Wilson, Wilson Franks, is that what it's called? Yep. Yeah. Um, 54. He, yeah, 54. So he shared that on a, on his podcast. And I think I sent him a message before I was on YouTube and said, wow, I've never seen that card before. That looks like a 1954 top card. It reminded me of him. He didn't say that in the video. So I, I like said that to him just, that's how that's how much I do not know about this rare and odd stuff. That's literally how much I didn't know, and that was like a year ago. I I've never never seen one of those before, and now I like it's like so much so much to take in. Um, I'm I'm literally when I throw <clears throat> cards and rare cards like that, dude. I don't know anything about any of it. Um, so it's really fun to see all this new stuff not that i'm sucked in that hole yet but i have some cards like that that are just really special i think it's really cool and i'm learning a ton so that was my story yeah. to go along yeah, with that joking card. uh i think because you know I, I really didn't need a like it's a psa 6 uh, you know i in this I, I don't care what the grade would be you know the probably the more beat up with more hot dog stains on it the better but this one's in great shape uh I was joking with you. I'm like, I think I just paid the most for a Sammy White card in history. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a like, that's a, felt right, you know. I that's there, a great national. set, though, man. That's yeah. a, that was always one of my favorite sets. You know, the, the day I got the uh, Ted Williams and and the uh, and the Roy Campanella, uh, I, I can't tell you how excited I was those two days to get those things. Dude, just dream dream cards that? of mine. Oh my gosh, it's so they're so cool. Yeah. I need that Sammy White for my set. Well, if I if I find a more beat up one, <laughs> that, uh, I'll I'll sell this one to you. <laughs> what do you What do you guys got? Any any new pickups or anything you want to show? Um, thank you, John. Go ahead, Dylan. You go first. Uh dude, I'd rather go. I'd rather you go because I'm just gonna be like a a babbling fool. If we, you got uh, there. cards, I got I got hot takes about the hobby. We could go with, you know, we could talk. Oh, about I got investors. cards. I got rare cards. <laughs> well, you know, before before I show this, I I just want to say, like, uh, I remember when Dylan first started on YouTube, uh, 
Lou Rock. Lou reached out to me. It was like, man, you got to check this guy out. He's like a mini you. He's like all excited about cards and he loves collecting. And, and he reminds me of a younger you. And the next thing I know, Dylan's in sports <laughs> collector's digest here. Dylan, I keep this in my card room. Dude, wow. That and uh, and he was ever. saying you were a mini me. So, you know, you followed in my footsteps because I was in it like a, a couple years before you. Shut and, up. Uh, that is insane. Yeah, they gave me uh they gave me a really nice spread. It's like five pages wow. long. Wow. But uh anyway, I keep I keep your article here along with mine. Dude, that is that's like that, <laughs> that warms my heart. That yeah, is- so let me show you um let me show you two things I picked up recently. Um I got this nineteen um ten juju drums. Uh this is a very obscure uh, a rare set uh, juju drums was a juju drums was a candy and this is dooney bush and these these will remind you of the colgan's chips but dooney bush is probably the best defensive shortstop of the dead ball era and uh yeah one year he led in assists and putouts and uh set records i think he still holds well, I know he still holds the Tigers record for one of those. I can't remember if it's a sister put outs. And he also holds the all-time record for triple plays with nine. Wow. But it's a really cool looking card. And this is what they look like on the back. Now, John, when you, put, when you put that up in your museum, it needs to be a little plaque that says, like, to me, the most important fact about that guy is the nine triple plays like dude yeah. i would love to see that like that was on the label i mean it'd be just so sick i love that yeah yeah that's pretty cool i've, I've been wanting you know I'm, I'm trying to get one set uh so i got that obscure set um and i picked up this this isn't rare or anything but uh what a cool piece this is this is it the uh 1936 r312 they're known as national chickle premiums and uh, this is hannes wagner and archie vaughn and these are oversized premiums they were black and white they took black and white photos and they colored them and i just find this really cool because you could see hannes wagner there is teaching him how to play shortstop so you have an old hall of famer teaching a future Hall of Famer when he was his manager. That's Dude, awesome. That's really, really, really sick photo of Hannes Wagner right there. I mean, yeah, I know it's not, sick. I know for collectors, it's not that exciting to get, uh, you know, like um, the great players when they're managers or when they're older. Uh, but this particular one really struck me. I love those. I just wish those dang slabs were. I wish those guys had more money to make some more molds because that thing's ridiculously huge. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean it. It it it, really it, it could be. It way could be smaller. A, way yeah. smaller. I could almost fit it in my case. almost half. Almost half. Yeah. I mean that's why uh, I don't buy these things. It's so hard to display. But that, if it was in a normal case, it would fit in a couple slots. Honestly, I've considered just cracking them out because I could care less about that slab myself. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beast. Yeah, that thing's gnarly. 
John, yeah. John, we have a question from Theo. Uh, what a serious question? What is what does John consider scarce? Under fifty pop? Oh, the word pop. Watch out. So uh, scarce and rare. See if if I don't think it's rare, then I'll say scarce. Because yeah, to me, fifty is kind of is scarce. You know, or um, sometimes they're just hard to find. Like there are certain issues that you just can't ever seem to find because. It's it, they're in collections, right? And there there are uh, you know collectors want them because they know about them. They're not the cards that are gonna necessarily sell for big money. And there's guys flipping them, so they tend to stay in collections. And I've noticed more and more since the prices have come down, a lot of this stuff is getting harder and harder to find. And I think that's what's happening is people are keeping them in their collections. So for me, you know, when I say rare. Uh, you know, maybe in the the under twenty or under thirty pops, you know, something like that. Well, with and that then question, some. I mean, some are like pop ones. I have some cards PSA is never graded, uh, so I, I consider those pretty rare. But you don't know how many are out there that haven't been sent in for grading either. Uh, I like to use the pops on PSA just to get an idea of how many are out there. Right? Um, it's not going to be exact. Uh, so if you get the SGC numbers, you get the, the PSA numbers, it gives you an idea. I mean, if it's a Hannes Wagner or Ty Cobb, there probably aren't too many that are lay, laying around raw still, right? Most of those are probably graded, <clears throat> but I'm sure there are raw ones too. Yeah. I like, know, well, I know well, I have, I have them. I go down, I go down <laughs> like, you know, I'll, I'll buy these, uh, Pedro Martinez cards off eBay that are ungraded, you know? And uh, I'll look in the pop and there's like one, you know, in the pop, but that's not because it's rare. It's just because not many people grade Pedro Martinez cards, you know, they're, they're in someone's box or whatever. So yeah, they might be rare with PSA, but there's more out there, you know, that right. just either haven't been graded or yeah. So it's, it's yeah. And of, I'm mad at myself for using the term raw. Cause you know, I don't like that. That's all right. I, I don't but like it's an industry term at point this point. Yeah. We got one strike, three strikes. <laughs> yeah. Now the new phenomenon, you know, uh, what I collect is I like the, you know, I'm in the vintage, so the organically rare cards. Now, the new phenomenon is, oh, well, PSA is only graded 50 of those, so it's rare. You know, that, that kind of thing. Or they, they only have 59s, so it's rare. <clears throat> that, to me, when I say rare, I talk about a card. I don't talk about the grade. Because, to me, the grade is secondary um, that, to the card. The card's the most important thing. Yeah. Okay. I think everyone on this show right now agrees with that 100%. You want to talk about rare? This is rare. This is a uh, 1910 uh, W555 Hans Wagner. What does a W555 represent again? So these were on the side of candy boxes. They were a box that had, like, uh, I think candy and jewelry, like all kind of stuff in them. And uh, these were on the ends of the box and they were meant to be cut off. And that was part of the box of, of goodies is you got a baseball card. And this is the uh, second highest graded, but I've actually seen the highest graded and, and this one looks better. Um, it's one grade higher, but uh, I think they only graded 16 of these. So that means that this Hannes Wagner's more rare than the T206. Wow. It's okay. never going to have the price that T206 has. 
or the allure, but it's more rare. I think there's like 70 some T206 Wagners, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll show you guys kind of fit in that category of is it rare or is it because no one's graded them or I think these kind of fit both. They're probably sitting, they're probably in the trash can and or in like some kid's souvenir box. I, I've been playing cards my whole life um, since I was in high school before poker tournaments and all that were going on. I've been playing cards forever since I was a kid with my Oma and Opa and stuff. I have a real big, uh, I, I, I'm a super fan of cards that are actually cards and they have sports players on them or other, other athletes and they're like souvenir stuff. So I've got one here that I bought at the national and I didn't look up pops or anything. And this was from Robert a prestige auction yep. Um, yep. or collectibles. Man, what a nice guy. He, I was walking by his booth and he goes, Dylan. And he, and he said, Oh, I watch your channel. And I didn't know anyone from anyone. Like a dealer said that to me. Right. So I was tripping and I was already looking at his, his Sada Haros cause I already have some. And this one just stuck out like a sore thumb to me. It, I, dude, I want that card. It said 150 bucks on it. Put that with another card, another graded Sada Haro, um, a Manko. And he's, and he gave them to me for a hundred bucks. Well, I, I, you know, I did my due diligence later, like, like, I don't know, a month later or whatever. I never even thought to like, look at the pop or anything. And so I just thought the card is just so, so sick. I mean, it, he's the king of home runs and he's got, he's on the Kings playing card and it's a card. I mean, you can't argue that this is a card. It, it's literally a playing card. I think it's probably like a souvenir thing. I haven't looked into it, but this is the only one ever been graded ever by PSA. Um, I couldn't find anything anywhere else. Um, and they graded 10 total from the set. So there's other players that have them, but 10 total. So you could say this is the only one in existence in a slab. Um, but is it make it rare? Uh, probably not. There's probably a bunch somewhere in somebody's souvenir box. But to me, it's special. And to go with that, I picked this one up this last week in an auction. And that's the Duke Kahanamoku. And this is from 1910, ah. and it's a Hawaiian <laughs> souvenir planes card. Wow. Um, yeah. Dude, I love playing souvenir playing cards. I always have my whole life. Every time I go on vacation, I buy the deck of the Grand Canyon or, um, you know, South Dakota where the, the four heads of the pres presidents are. I, buy I bought these all as a kid. So to have one, and then the back is like, it has a gold foil to it. Can't tell on camera right now but this is all gold foil around um king kamehameha and it's just a sick card and there's been 33 of these graded total by psa um and two sgc this card's probably there's probably less of this in the world than this but i could be wrong um just because there's more people in japan so they probably printed more than over here but i don't know souvenirs so there's somewhere in someone's box it's not like it's worth a lot of money. This one cost me 350 bucks. So it's not cheap, but I don't know what it's worth. I just wanted the card because they don't come up at auction. So I just, you know, I typed in like 390 bucks. I'm like, dude, if I don't win it for that, I guess I can't have it. So love these two, like so perfect for my collection, but is it rare? I don't know, but they're awesome. 
in their oddball. That, that thing looks uh, much newer than 1910. It, it actually looks like uh, those Panini. Um, uh, what are the what's that? Set oh, yeah. They make? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the pitchers ones, the aces and stuff, right? Yeah, that, uh, they, they like do those. the throwback stuff, make it look old. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank on. Oh, I don't uh, know that one. Yeah, uh, the Panini uh, Golden Age, Golden Age. Oh, okay, right. maybe I haven't. Seen, I'm sure I've seen. Yeah, it. they they, they make uh, replicas of like the they remake like the Colgan's chips, and the 1916 Ferguson Bakery pennants and stuff. They it, it's a fun set to collect. Um, Dude, you know, Panini is awesome. If they were only for me, I want to see logos. Otherwise, Panini yeah. has owned Donruss and all that. I think their sets are sick, but I just the logos kill me. I have a game card. Uh, lay, I actually really? have one laying, laying around here for you. A 1927 yes. W530 uh, Lou Gehrig. Uh, oh, just a, just a, one of those one of those yes. commons. I'm working on this set. I have the Babe Ruth, the Lefty Grove, the Jimmy Fox, the Dazzy Vance, and the Cy Williams. So why is so, that hand cut? Uh, they were strip cards. Okay. And you would cut them off uh, and you could play cards with them. Why? Oh, oh wow! You yeah, so you had to have a, you had to cut a lot of cards. Yeah, well, you. I just happened to have this sitting around. I, I pulled it out of a box because it was kind of in a box with stuff that it it didn't really go with when I was organizing, and I just happened to have it laying around. But I have this Pete Rose Pepsi card. I'm sure a lot of people were familiar with these. Never. Seen and that. I keep it. I keep it um, with the the advertisement for it, and it. I, I'm sorry, but I can't. I can't get over the the, the Gehrig that he just showed. I'm still like processing <laughs> what I just saw on that. <laughs> I've never seen that before, man. Well, that's what we're. Yeah, these for. are a little I mean, little one. obscure. I've known about them for a long time. That's awesome. Um, that that's inc man. I didn't. I I haven't seen too many Gehrig stuff from like other than like the, you know, the DeLong and the the Gaudis. Like man, I didn't know that. Well, I have a really rare Ga uh, Gehrig here. Um, and this is the um let me get the number right 1930 w uh 554 and uh these are these are kind of unknown how they were distributed and so forth uh they have the same images as the 1929 cashin and they're oversized and i believe this has like single digit pops wow what an awesome photo Look at that. Beautiful. They're like mythical. Those guys, Lou Gehrig, Ted Williams, Babe Ruth, they're like they're like gods. When I was a kid, I didn't even know I didn't even know like Ted Williams was still alive when I was alive. Like I thought they were long gone dead. Because I had black and white photos growing up in my room all over of those guys. And and now like I see that and it just like man, this those that is just an insane, insane card. Dylan, yeah, you know, know I, I did a video recently um, talking about, like, will the modern players ever live up to the hype of the older players because of what you just said? Uh, you never got to see them play. You never knew anything about their personal life. They didn't tweet. They weren't on TikTok. Uh, you didn't have to hear about, you know, the days in and day, day in and day out of their life. And you never got to watch them play bad, badly, right? Uh because you only hear the great things and they're they're legends they're legends 
you know, nobody talks about Mickey Mantle was the all-time strikeout leader at the time that he retired. Nobody talks about that. They talk about his World Series home runs and what he could have been if he didn't hurt his knee. You know, those kinds of things, which makes those guys legends. Babe Ruth. You know, Babe Ruth had some bad seasons. Uh, and then he turned it around and got really super awesome again. But nobody – we never – we didn't get to see him go through that. So all we know are the wonderful things about Babe Ruth, you know? And so these guys are legendary. They're legends. And yeah. no one will ever live up to that who you know, right? Yeah, you, well, you can't. And plus, they were the first. They were like the original when baseball yeah. was in its, in its glory days, which doesn't mean it's not going to happen again. But I agree with you on that. But I also think that Mike Trout and and – Plenty of other guys. I'm just saying, Mike Trout. I, there's people. There's kids that have posters of him on the wall, and they're gonna go back in when they're 35 years old and 40 years old, and they're gonna remember those and have legends and tell their kids about it. That's how I think. And they don't even have to tell their kids about it. I, well, I, maybe I so, maybe someday. Business, yeah, I don't yeah. know. You know, I watch I watch Dave Parker off. play all the time, and to me, he's a great ball player, but he's not a legend like Babe yeah. Ruth. Or Roberto Clemente, you know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe, maybe in maybe time, some of these guys will be uh, like Ricky Henderson, those kind of guys. But uh, I don't know those old old time guys. There's no film on them. There's very little yeah. footage. Like all yeah. you have are stories, you know? Yeah, and you're right. You really... It does keep them in that category of God God category. Yeah, and they were very quiet about uh, writing about their personal life or putting that out there. Even if people knew things about them, they kept it to themselves. It wasn't like today's society where you just, you know, every little, every little tweet you hear about. You know what I mean? Yeah, Mookie made a good comment. I do agree with that. I think he kind of steps out of the bounds of. He is. Otani. I think he is turning himself into. If there is such thing as a modern legend. Otani? Otani, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I would agree. That guy's insane. John, did you watch the 60 minutes on him wait before he was in the majors? Because I just picture you watching. There's a 60 No, but I started on. buying his cards before I ever saw him play. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like I think the allure of him. Yeah. Uh, even coming into the league was yes. was exciting for me. Yeah, me too. Years before. And, and I remember him just like, I was like, here he goes. <laughs> I didn't buy anything yet, though. I waited till waited till later. Yeah, I mean, he is uh, he is a legend in the making. Yeah, uh, but, you know, that he's he's doing something that no one's done before. So that's kind of what it takes, you know, for a modern player. It's like uh, Tom Brady. Yeah, he's a legend now, right? He did yeah. something nobody's done. Yeah. And and but the, the modern guys have the cards working against them. You know, the 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 product coming out in their time period of of when they play works against them long term. Uh, and, and you get the guys like, like you mentioned, their cards work for them because they're just either they were thrown away or they didn't make that many or whatever. So or they had one card a year. Uh, they got all that going for them that these guys will never have working for them again. So great. That's point. a huge advantage. Yeah. I mean, you look at Tom Brady. He was a fifth round draft pick. Nobody thought he would do anything in the Bowman set. They did rookie autographs. He wasn't included. Nobody knew who he was. And still look how many rookie cards he had. A fifth round pick that nobody thought was going to do anything, and look at how many rookie cards he has. Forty, he has and 40, these guys nowadays, I mean, they got forty-three base, forty-three base rookie cards, and that's not even wow, counting all the base. parallel forty-three base. 
and that's not even possible. counting the parallels, the inserts, all the all the other stuff. So, yeah, and and he doesn't actually have many at all compared to the guys now. So think about you, that. You know what's impressive? That you know that. Well, John, you know the exact one, number. <laughs> one of my one of my goals. Super uh, you have your goal of collecting one uh, vintage card from every baseball set. Uh, mine is to collect every Tom Brady base card, a base rookie card. Oh, and okay. I have a long ways to go, but that's one of my lifelong collecting goals. And, uh, you know, with the prices that I'm seeing come down, it's actually that's working for me a little bit. Some of these cards that I thought I'd have no chance at now yeah. are in the wheelhouse. I mean, some of these Tom Brady rookie cards are down 70 percent, 70 percent Tom Brady. So, yeah, a uh, lot of those high flyers, man, they have come way down, yep. way down. So let me uh, let me show something else here. I got this is cool. You you I don't know. You guys do you collect any tickets, dude? I, do. I love tickets. I don't okay. have any, but I love I think them. you're gonna like this one. Never never shown it. Never told yeah. anybody that I even own it. I've had it for a while. All right. What's okay? What what do you like? What's the most memorable baseball all star game? Just off top of your head, like in your name. Ted a Williams. Ted Williams hitting a home run to win it. For me, for me, it would be Carl Hubble. Striking out the first five. Boom! Batters. There's a. How about how about a ticket to the 1941 All Star Game? Oh well, I God. knew it would have to be a, a Red Sox. Holy yeah. smokes! Ted Williams' most favorite moment in his life was that game when he hit that home run. And this ticket costs a dollar forty cents to go yeah. to that. <laughs> how much I'll did it cost you? I bet you paid more than that. <laughs> I paid. I paid double. I paid two dollars and eighty cents. Yeah, I was gonna say I'll, I'll double. I'll pay you double on that. Dude, that is that's awesome really that's really cool to have. That was it was one of those ah. random things I saw on eBay, I don't know, a while back. And um I definitely you know it wasn't cheap, but I, I saw it a while back and it was just like, Yeah, I'll hit the buy it now on that. Like, Dude, just, I like, don't know what you paid, but if I if, if that was a five hundred dollar purchase, I'd I'd buy it from you for five hundred. Yeah, so you, you probably overpaid it. because he wasn't an MVP that season. Yeah, no, but his all-star was like huge, like no, you I'm I'm, jo I'm joking because that yeah. was the same year as Dimaggio's yeah, that was the greatest game hitting ever. streak, and yeah. everybody debates on who should have got the MVP. Yeah, yeah. what's crazy about greatest that All Star uh, home run was uh, Joe Dimaggio actually. There was like two outs, and Dimaggio was batting ahead of Ted Williams in the order, and he uh, reached. He, he, it looked like it was going to be a double play, but he uh, someone made an error or whatever, and he made it to first, and then Ted Williams hit a three run home run to win the game by one run. So. Think about that batting order. You get DiMaggio and Ted Williams back to back. It's pretty cool. Yeah, seriously. How fun would it be to go back in time if you could travel in time and go watch that? Go watch those guys play together. Oh my gosh. God, that'd be insane. So yeah, that I got two. I got that ticket, and then I also I don't have it with me, but I got a ticket. Not as cool, but uh, I got a ticket to the um, '99 All Star Game that was at Fenway Park and, and Ted Williams came out on the field. Remember with all the players came around him when he was in the cart. Um, wow. And uh, Pe Pedro Martinez was the MVP of that. He struck out five of the first six guys. So like when I was a kid watching that, that was like the most memorable all-star game. So I got a, yeah. uh, I didn't go to it, but I got a ticket from that game too. So. I got to look into the, I got to find one of those tickets that, that just blew my mind. You know, they're, they're not, they're different. It's a different feeling than cards. Like it's not as uh, you know, it's just, it's just my cool wife would love. Yeah. My wife would love that. And yeah. and those are like tickets are such good size, and they look so good in slabs. I love the look of those slabs, John. They look good <laughs> in there. Hey, it's only <laughs> a slabs are junk. Guys. 
This thing's junk. It's junk only plastic. That's garbage. Uh, That's a two. It's uh, not a it ten. Should, say, should say Ted Williams. Card cards should not have a numerical grade. All vintage cards are a little different. They're all uh, dude, beautiful. I mean, they're I all beautiful in a different you. way. But when you talked about it in your video today, and you talked about EX and EG and all that, it's it's no different than a number. It's the same thing. You can attach the same thing. But I understand, like back in the day, I would have paid two hundred bucks for a Mickey Mantle back then, and pay. I can still pay two hundred bucks for a Mickey Mantle today because of grading. So for me, grading is awesome because I'm paying the same price some guy at a at a store would have sold me one for 200 no matter what the grade he would just said yeah this is 200 it's on the thing i can now buy one for 200 because grading has put me in the realm of yeah well they did two. they didn't right? uh they still cared about condition i mean they didn't sell they didn't sell a, a mint copy for no. the same price as, but to as, me, as a good to me they did to like someone who didn't i'm a kid they had a price they had this price tag of 200 bucks on all mickey mouse or whatever it was it didn't, in my mind, I didn't really, you know, they knew, some of them knew what mint was and what those were, right? But now with the grading, I could just walk into the hobby today and be like, wow, I can afford a Mickey Mantle. Where before I just go to a store and trust the guys giving me a deal on this. You say it's this condition, but is it that condition or I don't, right? Like, where is the price guide? Like, I don't know. You know, we have comps now. Back then, you didn't have comps, uh, and and back then, uh, you know, it wasn't easy to find cards. And I would I would have to pay up a little bit if if it was the first time I ever saw the card, and I, it, you know, you couldn't just jump on eBay and, and grab something back then. So there was there was more scarcity, um, and uh, many of the cards, most of the cards in my collection, I never even saw uh, yeah. back then. You know, you would have to go to the big shows or something. Uh, these things weren't readily available. And so you you paid what you thought was was fair, right? All we had was a Beckett book, but that wasn't the price you paid. That was just an idea. Uh, so you have those nuances. My thing with the numerical grade is I don't like a number because let's face it, if it's not a 10, it's shit. Um, psychologically, going one to 10, where I like the other system better because it's a general it's a generalization. It's near mint, or it's VG, or it's good, or it's X. It is X, it is, X it plus. You know, I guess if you had that system before the numbers, because now I I connect the number to VG, I connect the number to EX. I know what that number is. Yeah, so I know. You know, listen, the numbers aren't going them. away. That's everybody yeah. loves them. You're gonna get that big bank if you have a ten. So I I know they're never going away. I just don't like them personally. I know okay. you do, and that's cool. And I know like lots of most people, the, um, most people probably here, do. Here's, here's what it is, John. Like, as a collector, as like, if you want guys to stay in vintage forever, this is the most fair thing we have in vintage cards is the fact that we have grading because I've never collected, say I've never collected a vintage card in my life. I could go to the hobby store and I could be like, wow, there's a, there's a vintage Mickey Mantle. And it's in a PSA two, and I can look up comps, and it's two hundred bucks. Whereas before, I could go into the store and be like, "What do I buy? I'm a little kid. Is this kid guy gonna rip me off? I don't know." Yeah, I got, that. I got that. I got that. But what, like, what's the difference if it said VG instead of a three? No, no difference. I can't argue. What's, that. It, what's like, the difference? You'd still be able to grade it. Uh, I, I, I agree. 
I like I like where you're I like where you're headed with that. I just don't see how we would ever go reverse numbers when their numbers are still connected. No, it's not going to happen. Right. I'm just I'm just. Uh, I like it. I love it. I love hearing your. That's thoughts just that's just my preference, but it's not going to happen. I know that. <laughs> John uh, Theo Theo wants to know if if uh, slabs didn't exist, right. what, what would he do with his Zion case? What's he going <laughs> to put in there if if you can't put slabs in there? Zion case? Yeah, you know one of those one of those cases that all the kids. Oh, pelican. Zion. Yeah, pel. Oh, pel a pelican case. Yeah, pelican. Z Zion's like the I guess the biggest maker of pelican cases. Oh, I didn't. I, I, I don't know that. I don't any own any of those. We got to get you. I don't a like this. I, I don't like this a stigma associated with somebody watching me carry that around. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna be right back. I'm gonna make another drink. I have some rare pickups that just came in the mail today randomly. I haven't been in the mail in a week. Um, yep. And then I know there's a lot more that we on a timeline. There's a lot more I want to talk about and ask John and stuff. So keep sharing. I'm going to have it on while I, I'll be right back. Is that allowed? Absolutely. And yeah. I want to add, um, I definitely don't like auto. How do you feel about the grading? Like, you know how they give you the, the slab? They'll put the grade of the auto too. Like it's an eight auto or a nine auto. I've always hated that. I just feel like it's either okay, authenticate the the auto, put authentic auto. Um, I, I like the numbers on graded cards, but the it always felt weird to see like, oh, that's an eight auto versus a ten auto. It's like, okay, wh why? Because it's a little streak or something. Like, if it's authentic, it's authentic. Like, who cares? I don't need the company to tell me if it's the a ten auto versus a seven auto. I don't know. Seems well, weird. you know, this is how they make their money. They got to create yeah. this stuff. For me, I have eyes. I can yeah. see. I don't. I don't need Mike Baker to tell me it's a nice four. I, I could tell it's a nice four, and uh, sometimes and, and oftentimes. And, and I just did this. I bought this uh, 1952 Tops Larry Doby, and it's in a two. Um, for some reason, sometimes cards just speak to me, mm. uh, and and I just like the appeal of them. Uh, like this Dobie is notoriously diamond cut. I don't know if you ever noticed that about this card. Uh, but I just, it just spoke to me. I just had to have it. That's I love that card. But I buy my cards on, on my, on the eye appeal. Um, all my cards. I, I like, I've seen, you know, I've seen sevens. that look like trash. Like I, I don't like them. They don't, they don't appeal to me. I shouldn't say trash, but they don't look very nice at all. Um, and then you see some twos or threes that are fantastic looking. And uh, I, you know, I get it. You're going to, uh, <laughs> I mean, you're going to buy what you like. Everybody does. But the price difference is ridiculous when uh, just because it's a higher grade doesn't mean it looks better. Um, but everybody's about the technical grade these days, right? Because it's all about the value. And of course, you know that, you know, that's part of the modern hobby that, uh, that I don't like, not that not the cards shouldn't have value or that aspect of it. It's just, that's the focus of everything now. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, and then that's, I wanted to say that too, cause um, I think, you know, we, sometimes we talk in absolutes. Like I know there's, you know, some people, all they talk about is money, money, cost, price, uh, investment, all this stuff. That's like hundred percent of their videos or their, their content or what they talk about. Uh, and then there's, you know, people that even the mention of how much a card costs or any of that stuff triggers them and they get upset that you that you equated money with cards. 
Uh, but I feel like I wouldn't go that far. No, no, I'm not saying you. I'm not saying you, but there's definitely people that get the vibe of that. Uh, I think most of us fall in the middle where it's like, we all know we love cards. Otherwise, what are we doing here? What's the, why would we even be here? We love the hobby. We love cards, but some people like to talk about, you know, how much they cost or what they think the price might do. doesn't mean they they're in it just for that. Uh, so I, I, I want to say that. Yeah, I mean, the difference is some people uh, like me love cards for 40 years. They love their cards. Other people love their cards for a day um, <laughs> before they sell them or a week or a month or whatever. Uh, and, uh, you know, during the boom, that's that's the way it was. And you see people on there showing you these unbelievable cards and they have, you know, 20 Babe Ruth Tycoms, and the next day uh, they don't have any of them. And they have different cards. You know what I mean? They flipped them for a Steph Curry. Dude, I don't know about that, I don't know. That Larry Doby 52 tops, yes, that thing is notorious. I've been looking for that for about seven months, looked at every single one on eBay. I still to find that card, and it, it's a, that's a tough one. Uh, hey, the auto thing. I know you guys were talking about that while I was over there. I used to think that was ridiculous. The the auto grade the autos like it's an autograph, just authenticate it. And I, me and you have talked about it, Adam. And I, and not that I've turned a corner on it at all. Not that I really care. But when I look at an auto now, I look at it differently than I did before. Even though I don't collect a lot of autos, I like pack full autos. And then I have a cut. I've like three vintage autos now um, that I that I like to collect. But I, I can see where you can grade it as far as like the ink. It basically, to me, it's all about the ink's running out or it just looks faded. So as another, like someone who doesn't know what the heck they're doing and they're looking and they want to buy a card, having a grade on something doesn't, doesn't not help. It, it, it can help. Uh, someone who doesn't know very much about cards and it helped me being like why the heck would you grade that but then I start looking oh now I see why that auto is a six and it's like if someone just said hey this is why we were grading autos or I'm sure they have that on the website or something but I'm not anti it I think it's it's not how you would collect how I would collect I'm still gonna look for my own eyes but but most you know when it's a 10 auto it's a 10 because the autograph looks really nice that's how I see it now. What's hilarious is there are so many fake autos in slabs. So they're giving a fake auto a, a, a grade of 10. <laughs> well, you it, just it have to laugh. Up, it, it's kind of uh, ridiculous. Order. More reason to collect pack pulled autos because it's 95% sure they signed it, not their mom. Well, if we look, yeah. if, we're, if, we're grading, if we're grading autos based on, uh, oh, it's a little streaky. Every then every modern autograph should get a one grade for an. No, they're not. No, they're not grading off of. Yeah, I mean, grading off of running out. You're you're just if you have to rely on 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 a company and some twenty one year old they brought off the street to uh, grade that auto. I I don't know. Like I can I can perfectly see the auto. I could see if I like the placement of it. I could see if I like the color of it. I could see if you know. You could tell if it's broken or somebody smudged it. I mean, uh, I don't know. I like I don't have a problem with them grading an auto at all, but I certainly don't need it. Like if if it's authentic, they, that's the most they important. Never, thing. They never did it before. 
they never grade but i tell you I've, I've shopped for like an auto card and there would be five of them and you know some of them aren't appealing like i don't like where it's signed i you know it's over some important part of the card in my mind or so i'm very particular about you know the ones i buy where they're signed how the pen looks you know does the color pop with the card i'm very particular about that and i don't need um like i said i don't need somebody else telling me uh, that that particular autograph looks good i Dude, can tell I that yeah but you don't need it but someone who just got in the hobby it could help them to be devil's advocate you don't need it i don't need it um but you know i dare say a year ago i didn't know a lot of things i know now just be, you know it's sometimes these companies do help in a direction whether they're doing it because they're trying to make money you know i not like it is what it is i i don't see it as like a so much as a money grab as i see it as like it, it, i guess it is in a sense but it's also to me as a collector as someone may you never never seen an auto before that's oh, nice to know oh, well, that's you know i mean Listen, I don't want to sound like oh, I, you know, corporate America bad guys. Like you don't sell like it. No, these these companies are in in the business, including the card makers, uh, for the hobby. I don't, I don't, I, I wouldn't put them down because they're trying to make money. I mean, they're trying to build a business, and this is their business. So I, you know, I wouldn't put it that way. Like it's a mo- necessarily a money grab, but that's their business is to grade these things. And uh, we need all these all these people, all these players in the hobby. There's no doubt. Like, where are you going to buy cards? Where are you going to buy products? Uh, if you like, if you like grading, you need a grading company. Where are you going to get it graded? If you don't trust anything, you know, or trust yourself, so you need a grading company. So whatever, it's it's all good. It's all good for the hobby. John, uh, one more. When I look at this one in my collection, I think of you every time, because this is one I at some point I'm going to crack it out of this SGC holder, and I'm going to smell it. This is the. Uh, <laughs> This is the Drake's, 1950 Drake's. Drake's. You don't even have to show it. Bobby Thompson. <laughs> Cupcakes and, uh, or something? Yeah, this was, was in... Uh, they, they were... were yeah, they were like uh, coffee cake kind of things, I think. Uh, there were two different kinds. I know one was an oatmeal, and that is the one I believe you could smell, the cards, the ones that were in the oatmeal. Yes. So this one says uh, Drake's It has a very distinct cookie. smell. So I will crack Because I guess they were... Point, and I'm gonna they must have been in there them. loose with the cakes because they must have soaked in uh that that moisture <laughs> from the cake because i'm telling you they have a smell and, cakes were uh, all dry as all in the cardboard <laughs> yeah but i i noticed it's not on all of them but it's on a lot of them that's why i think it was one of the cakes and to me it smells like it could have been the oatmeal cake i i love that think of like <laughs> Just the thought of that—that's so cool, man. Oh, yeah. That's uh... you can't hey, smell it through that PSA that? holder, though, can you? Uh, Try to smell it through that. <laughs> or it's SGC any then holder. It, then it's grave. <laughs> yeah, it's dead. It's dead once it's entered. Once it enters in there, it's dead. Although I've been cracking. Yeah, cards. that's uh, you know that's one of the 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 shames of um, when all cards are slabbed is that you never learn you'll never learn about cards because you'll never touch one you'll never touch one you don't know if it's thin stock thick stock you you, you it's just you know what encapsulated I, in here when i was a kid i still put i mean later not not when i was six and nine and ten but at some point they came out with cases and i was touching plastic back then too and it was just like i i don't know 
I, I yeah, but didn't you have to put the card in the plastic? Yeah, we did. Or did somebody yeah, else right. do that for you? All right, you got me. You got yeah. me. I'm trying to be devil's advocate here, John. Like I pretty much agree with everything you ever say. Oh, I you just... know what? I mean, everybody's opposite of me. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> I understand. I'm on the short short end here. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, you. I mean, you and uh, multiple of others have got me buying the card itself. The hey, let me show you a couple rare nothing. cards. Let's see them. Let's go. I got uh well here I'm I'll, I'll show you. these are these are two super rare cards and these are the uh, uh Collins McCarthy from 1917 uh super rare set uh and I have here the Chick Gandal and the Buck Weaver two of the Black Sox wow that's awesome and these are both single digit pops that they look like on the back now is that a I rooster had a, i had a problem so this one's okay it went through ebay authentication but this one i i had a little rant video because when it showed up it was in this ugly ass bag and they put the sticker this uh, ebay sticker right over the collins which is what makes this car rare card rare like of all places to put that sticker, I got triggered. <laughs> I'm like, you don't <laughs> put it there. That's what makes it rare. You couldn't put it up here or down a little even. Uh, so I ridiculous. ripped it. I ripped it out of that bag, and then I went out back and I did a a, a short with my nunchucks beating it up. Um, but this card, I was so excited uh, to get because I'm a big Buck Weaver fan. He was a guy that. Uh, you know, just always smiling. He was an interesting character. And they have some old footage on, on him. And he always, you know, insisted that he was not involved in that bribery, that uh, or the, the betting. And his family fought. I think they're still fighting. He fought till his death uh, to overturn that. And I think his family's still fighting. So an uh, interesting story. Third baseman on that team. And of course, Chick Gandal. Now he definitely bet. I think he was a ringleader. <laughs> and then I have. Uh, I wanted Very to show cool. a couple others. I, these are cards you're just not going to see. I mean, go try to find them. Uh, 1929 W five five three Rogers Hornsby. Uh, this set is super, super rare. They have an ornate border around these. If you could see that, looks like a rope. Yeah, kind of an ornate border there. And then these are super tough. And these are 1933 W574s. And I have a few of these, um, but this is this is probably the best player I have at Lefty Grove. Wow. Love Lefty Grove. That's cool. Never seen that for sure. Yeah, I mean, these you just don't see them too often. Uh, these are the kind of cards that get my juices flowing. I think that's a good, uh, this is a, this a good is definition a, when, uh, like, this is a little earlier. rare. What's, yeah, what's this, rare? This, well, if you go on eBay and you search the card and there's none on there, that's probably a good indicator usually, right? If it's not, if you can't find it anywhere for sale. <laughs> like over Usually, a, but I, I've noticed the definite, definitely that's the way it's been. But I've noticed uh, now I'm not finding as much listed on eBay. I think a lot of people must be using other sources to sell. I know I did a search on a player the other day. His name's escaping me, but there were so few choices on there. 
and I know that um, his cards aren't that hard to get, you know, where there were just like one. Uh, but this is a Ty Cobb you don't see every day. 1927 W5 75 or 22. 1922 W5 75. And this is the dash two. Wow. That's awesome. My favorite, one of my favorite. Back on that. The blank back? Yes. Yeah, these are blank back. A more obscure Babe Ruth, too. This is a um, 1932 Abdullah and Company. And, man, I always wanted one of these. They're from overseas. Oh, man. That's, like, that's how I picture the Babe. He's got a little gut. He's just yeah. standing there. He's kind of just, like, tired. He's resting. He's waiting to hit the next home run. That's an awesome Yeah, card. I got this. Uh, I saw this in a baseball card magazine years ago. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, man, I have to have that someday. That's awesome. Now, here, here's an interesting thing, Ruth. I have kind of a funny story to go with it. Uh, these are pretty scarce, too. 1926 Spalding. Mm. Wow. Looks like a like PSA 10. Fresh. Yeah. That thing and, uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely looks nicer than the grade. This is the uh, coupon you used to. Turn them in, and you got a coupon for ten cents to buy spalding, uh, sporting goods. And what's interesting about this is there were so few sales. This is so. Uh, I mean, they're around, but there were so few sales. So after I bought it, I was uh, I subscribed to uh, sports. What was it called? Um, sports Collectors Daily, I think it was called. An email. You know that they do an e they would do an email every day, and so I was uh, I, I was reading it. Uh, one day and they, I saw a story on this set and I didn't know much about this set until right before I, you know, I, I found this and uh, these were, these were virtually unknown until like 1990, they had a big find. And then I think in 96, uh, they had another little find. Uh, so virtually unknown. So I was reading that article and they said that uh, they, they were doing a, a story on this set. And they said, uh, you know, that they were searching and they couldn't find any auctions. They only found one recent sale and it was the Babe Ruth. And it was, it was my, my purchase. Uh, they listed the price I paid and everything. Awesome. <laughs> I was laughing because that was awesome. the only one that sold at auction uh, in recent years. You save that uh, article? The back? Uh, yeah, you're not going to be able to see it on here, but I'll try. I don't know if you can see that. It might be upside down. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, it has uh, writing on it. Now they have a couple of they have a different version back here. Uh, they have a a, a very rare um, ad back, and uh, there's some little nuances with the year too. Uh, I think there there may be uh, three versions of it. But I, I'm not really into the backs myself. That's not. Uh, just not my gig, but I understand people that are into them. Uh, it's kind of cool, you know. Some of the, the bags are super rare. I mean, he's McCollin McCarthy's Collins uh, McCarthy. That you know, that's what it is. The back is the advertisement. Uh, really, they make these these cards. Uh, the Boston store um, is one, and uh, what's the other one? 
they're, are they American caramel? So yeah, in that case, that's you know that's the company. That, it's the back that makes it rare. So every once in a while, I guess. And of course, my uh, 1954 Briggs Meat Willie oh, Mays. Oh, oh baby! You know all the hot dog cards and meat cards. They're all rare. I don't know any common ones. The Wilson Franks is probably the most common, and and that's not super common. Oh man, that's awesome. These are blank bag too. Now these these came in, um, I believe, uh, two two card panels, and they would be, I don't know. There's some <laughs> nobody knows for sure. There's some back and forth, but they either went on top of the hot dogs or in the middle uh as a as a lair and um i get into arguments with uh dave blue jacket 66 not arguments but uh debate uh because if you look really faintly uh if you look really hard you can see like faint little hot dog lines so they had to be against they didn't have to be you know i i take it as they'd be against the hot dogs but it is possible, I guess, that there was something in between the hot dogs and the moisture could have come through. So nobody really knows for sure how they were packaged with the hot dogs, I don't, I don't think. But that's part of the uh, kind of allure of baseball cards and trying to figure that out. They're trying to talk to old timers who were maybe kids or bought them at the time, you know, and try to figure out how they, uh, how they were distributed. A lot of the times we don't know. Rick, uh, awesome Rick says you were supposed to give that to him, that maze card. <laughs> yeah, and Rick has a bunch of cards you're supposed to give me. <laughs> I got, I got one more to show you guys. Uh, that yeah, do shown. it, John. John, well, you guys, I think we'll both love this one. But John, you've actually done a video on this guy. Uh, so, all right. So, I, I like to get these old magazines. This is uh, not, not real old, but you know, nineteen ninety. Uh, summer of Tops magazine, summer edition, edition number three. And in the magazine, so the reason I got this one, I think when I did is because it's got like Mickey Mantle cards in it that they never, Mantle Mania. So yeah. anyway, as I'm reading- I used to that, love that, that magazine back in the day, by the way. Yeah. And then- so Any, any oh, magazine that had to do with cards. Or Oh, here it is. So I see this article a while back, I'm reading this and it says, the rarest rookie cards. Okay. The rarest rookie cards. And it's an article on, um, let's see, on October 22nd, 1964. I'll be interested to see, John, if you have one of these. You probably do. Uh, one <laughs> week after the Cardinals beat the Yankees in the seventh game of the World Series, uh, several hundred baseball luminaries gathered at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York City for a special event. Uh, basically, it was a, a Topps rookie all-star banquet honoring 11 of the best young players in the 64 season. And uh, the gala also produced one of the rarest of all collectibles in the Topps archives. So anyway, it's a long, long article on it, but I thought it was cool. And I think I was looking like, all right, well, who's in this? What can I find? And I had to get my guy, Tony C. Tony C. Oh, yeah. So we got, this is, you know, his, I guess, I, I don't know. I don't think it's a rookie card, but it's a, of his rookie season. And these are, you know, they said they made like six, 600 of them or something like that. But as far as I'm not familiar though. with, I'm not familiar with those. You, you stumped oh, me. Really? Stumped you stumped him. me. 
the banquet Who needs set that for his museum right now i now i found him. another set i Bend need it I'm, off. Always, I'm always finding new sets i need <laughs> tony c you know because tony c was like one of those stories growing up in massachusetts you know it was like the the tragic story and yeah what could have been and um now he, he actually they have a bunch of awesome sport sports bars in the area called tony c's that uh, uh yeah go to a lot uh, some of the best sports bars ever and uh yeah so the, i I'd never shown this one i figured it'd be a good time to show it to you john so i don't know if this would qualify as one on your list that you'd have to get because technically i don't know if it's a you know a set that you'd want to get a card of but you know you could find it it's not like there's none available but there's you know there's single digits for most of these graded no, yeah, I, I mean, I'd want to get it, but I, I, I think as I get closer to the goal, I mean, first and foremost, I would probably have to narrow it down to cards that were distributed, you know, um, but I would certainly want to add that one if I could. Cards this- in the almanac? Only, oh. John? Or you go deeper? Or is that just distributed? Or do they have? Well, is, is that is that the Beckett Almanac? Yeah, you know well, I, that, that prints far too small for me to see. So so uh, small. <laughs> I go through the uh, sports collectors, um, uh, the standard catalog of baseball cards, but honestly, I have some sets that aren't in there, so um, you can't just go by that. So gotcha. I was just trying to wonder too, like where you get your, because you could go down rabbit holes. If you're 10,000 years old, you probably still find new sets, you know? Yeah. I mean, a lot of them I know are out there, but every once in a while, like that one there, I'll, I'll discover new ones. I know a lot of them that I need, but it uh, gets a little iffy in, back in the 1800s, the early 1800s, uh, where there's maybe one copy of something, you know, that's uh, not going to be possible, <laughs> but um that's why i kind of have to limit it to they were distributed right because like in 1977 uh tops had issued um they had made i think there were three uh proofs of um uh, reggie jackson in an orioles uniform because he played for the orioles in 76 and then when he got traded they they never made them and they auctioned them off i know keith oberman bought several of them uh so there were only a few and keith oberman had most of them but they were never distributed. Like they came from Topps Vault. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that to me is not a card. It was it was a proof, which is different than a, a, a card that was distributed. I like that. Okay. Yeah, I guess I've heard you say that before. That makes sense. Yeah, of, I mean, yeah, I, you, you can't possibly get all of those if, if yeah. Topps made one proof and it went, you know, to auction. Yeah, that's I mean, ridiculous. That's you would need a billion dollars to buy all those. <laughs> And and I'm John. I'm trying to picture this future museum of yours where you're. I'm thinking like, man, this has got to be a big museum to feature all these sets. How how is he going to do this? I'm I'm uh, I'm kind of like I'm like trying to envision this museum here that you're going to have. It's got to be big. You have no idea how many cards I have. (laughs) You're going to have to team up with Jeff. I I I go. I I'm like I got to downsize, man. I have I have too many. I mean, whatever year it is, whatever set, like I have a full box. I have a near set of just about everything, <laughs> at least if it's not a complete set. You, I have you, lots of near sets. One of, I mean, Amazing. if not the one of the most extensive card collections in the world. I mean, let's put it, let's put it the way it is. That's that's what he has. 
I mean, we, we, we watch your video so much that we kind of get used to like, you know, used to things, but the re the reality is it's unbelievable with your collection. I mean, both you guys, both you guys, I consider like unbelievable two of the best collectors in the world. Yeah. And Dylan's collection is, is insane. And he has that sweet spot of like the fifties through the seventies. It's easy. Uh, yeah, you have like that entire those those eras locked up. I think you have every card from those eras. Um, I was always drawn to the really old stuff, and so I, I branched out there. But I have uh, every era, every sport. Um, I you know some people just want to have twenty PSA nine, the the top cards in the hobby. You know the the biggest nine cards or whatever. Um, or 20 cards and other people want to um, have complete sets. For me, I, I, I always wanted a bigger collection. I wanted to have uh, more of the great cards represented in my collection, not just a handful of them. Uh, so um, that what happened was I, I ended up going overboard. I, I went overboard. <laughs> Don't we all? And uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it is absolutely insane. I, I dream of having this uh, museum. And I, 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 I might only like open it up by appointment because I, I really want it for myself in a big way, just so I can have all these cards out somewhere, you know, and not just stored away or in boxes. I want, yep. I want them all out. Wall and to I wall, have, all the uh, way to the top. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, you know, I have all kind of things to go with them. You know, like over there, I have a Ralph Kiner, um, uh, 53 tops displayed with his glove. You know, I have a uh, Milton Bradley game over there. Um, I have a, a, a shoe box still intact with Johnny uh, bench on <laughs> a card on. And uh, I have wrappers, I have boxes and packs. They came in and I save all that stuff. You know, I have uncut sheets uh, like my REA win uh, was a, was a really exciting one for me with the 1948, uh, uh, sorry, 1941 uh, play ball paper version that was still uncut. Uh, that's pretty cool. So I get, uh, you know, I kind of get into that kind of stuff. So John, let me tell you, my wife was here earlier. I was talking to her. I got home from work and we were hanging out and she knew that I was coming on with you tonight. She's never said this before, um, but she said, I, I think I might watch this one tonight. And I told her it was live. So I don't know if they're watching it with my mother-in-law. <laughs> she's over there hanging out or not. But she's probably going to watch in the future because when she watches, because we watch you all the time. We watch everybody. Anyone, when I watch videos, she's pretty much watching them too because I forced her into it. We live together. We live in the same house. The TV, Poor woman. My own room. <laughs> so she's watch, she knows everyone. She knows everyone by name. She knows everyone by voice. <laughs> Um, she's not like into him, right? But she has no choice. Like I have to watch her shows. I watch Bachelor in Paradise, all those type things. Watch, let her do her. Anyways, she goes, I'm so, she said this, not tonight, but she said this in the past. She goes, I'm so glad you don't collect everything like John. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. So little, right? I don't, it's like, I can't, I have no choice. We collected all of our toys and saved them all. That's enough. I you wish. have a lot of cards there, Dylan, though. You have I've got a, a lot, lot of cards. cards. I got a lot, lot of, cards. of cards. Yeah. I got a lot of cards. But not, you know, it's 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 
it's not and well when you 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 do those videos where you spread them out and you display them and i mean your room just looks amazing like it's so appealing to see all those fantastic cards laid out together like that Thanks. and so you know that's the concept that i that i want um yeah with the museum where i i have you know the packaging they came in i you know, history on the on the players, uh, especially the more obscure players, and uh, that kind of thing, and uh, kind of like a rotating thing where you have different cards out at different times. So if somebody comes back, it's not exactly the same. Dude, John, that would be the sickest thing ever. I mean, if you look above me over here, I have a 1951 Tops unopened pack. Next to it, I have a 1951 Tops card so like you have yeah that but you have it with crazy stuff and and so much deeper and more like the museum aspect that you have it's like dude let's go you're not getting any younger you just get this thing going start ripping walls down and telling your wife hey bottom floor yeah top floor is yours museum's open <laughs> yeah i need to move back um i'm i'm, I'm probably less than a year um, from moving back. I live in two different places. Yeah. And so I, I don't want to open the museum until I can be there full time. Because uh, where I want to open it, I, I really only spend uh, weekends and not even every weekend. And so uh, my predicament will change here in about a year. And then I can stay there, you know, around the clock. And that's when I'm going to get aggressive with it. Uh, but I have the 51 cards uh, in a display up here with uh, with a wrapper. Oh, no <laughs> way. No way. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's what I'm saying. You're, you were like a mini me. Yeah, that's so funny. Like a, that's I don't want to say mini me, a younger version. <laughs> I am mini, though. <laughs> well, what's funny is like, you know, you, you see all these and we're going to wrap it. I got to wrap it up here in a minute, guys. But uh, I just thought of this, like, you know, you see all these videos. People are like blaming all these um you know, influencers, right? Like, oh, they, they told you to buy all these cards and stuff. And that may be true, right? But the reality is, at least that I, I feel and have seen, it's, it's without the intention to do it. I think channels like John's and yours, Dylan, you guys create more people buying cards than the, than the people saying these are the top five cards going up. I don't, I think that's way overblown. I don't think people are going, oh, I'm going to go buy that card because it's one of the top five cards going up. I think they watch one of John's videos and one of your videos about how passionate you are and they see your card rooms and they, they, you, you know, you're not telling them to buy any specific card, but they're just thinking it's awesome. And they're thinking, man, I want, I want to buy a card, you know? So I, I think inadvertently that leads to people buying way more cards than any of these other people on there saying, buy this card, you know, it's going to go up in, in price. I, th I don't think there's that many people that, that do that really. I, I don't, I don't, that's just my feeling. I, I would like agree. I would agree that, uh, you know, if, if Jeff Wilson has 150,000 subs, I'm sure there's not 150,000 people buying the card that he suggests. I, I, I have to agree with you on that. People probably aren't, you know, running out there buying those cards. Uh, like, like everybody thinks or says, uh, probably not. Um, I do get a lot of comments um went on to ebay right as soon as i saw this video and i grabbed so and so like they get the player from their town or yeah. <laughs> you know the team of the day i get a lot of those comments never saw that before i had to grab yeah, you've one you spent you spent a lot of my money john <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
But yes. I do the same thing. I mean, it, you you all uh, influence me too. I see something and I, I I'll be like, oh, I don't have that card. I used to want it. Then I jump on, or oh, I never saw that before. I need to go get that. Or, you know, specifically, um, if there was a set that I don't have represented and that I just learned about, if I could go find one. So everybody influences me. Rick, uh, he was commenting earlier. He influences me almost daily, sending me uh, stuff over text, and uh, has cost me a lot of money. <laughs> Dude, is there no better friendship than a friend that likes to spend your money? I love I, spending my friends' money. It's the best. It's a you know, I, I it, to some degree, it's a bad influence, right? That's oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, my my spending has skyrocketed since I I uh, started watching YouTube videos for sure on sports cards. <laughs> yeah, because you learn uh, all this stuff out there that you didn't know uh, existed, you know, and. Uh, it's such an education on here. Uh, you know, we didn't, you know, we didn't have this luxury uh, a few decades ago. Yeah. The cool Amen. thing is that being influenced with guys that are in vintage, so you don't have to rush out and buy it that day. What sometimes you do, right? but you don't have to. And that's, what's so great. Cause normally prices just take forever. You could spend years and sit and years and years and it might never even change price. So that's what's great about vintage world itself. It's like buying Disney. You could buy it when it's 150. You can buy it when it's 80. It's still a good price because it's safe and it's comfortable. And you're like, this is what I love. So you can continue to buy it. You don't ha really have to think about too much. You can just take your time and come as it comes. You know, that's how I kind of. Yeah. And I, I think, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I, I kind of think that you know, the vintage collectors have more of an affinity um, with each other, more of uh, that camaraderie of sharing that information. And I don't know, more so than like the, the, the ones that collect newer modern. Now I collect modern, I collect all errands. Um, but when it comes to that, like I just collect it, like there aren't stories with it. There's not much to learn about it other than the, the refractors and the and this and that, uh, but the the vintage guys really like kind of bond, don't they? Don't you? Well, think? there's there's stories involved, and the stories aren't changing, whereas the modern the story changes ten minutes from now, or an hour from now, or after the game, the story just changes too much. Where you can't bond over something like that. Ted Williams never changing. All these guys are never changing. We just reiterating the stories and telling the stories of these players. And I agree with you. There's a bonding that's unlike any other friendships that I have. It's not that I'm not best friends with friends outside of the hobby that I've had my entire life. And we have these connections, but, but I could be not know you yesterday, meet you at a card show today and feel like I've known you for 25 years. And that's what I think the community in the vintage world has as a whole because we're yeah, a bunch of weirdos looking at cardboard <laughs> well you know we're i i grew up in the country and we didn't there weren't a whole lot of homes around me but we uh we did have a lot of young you know boys that were uh, not my age but around my age and uh we we all collected and cards were our currency like you couldn't sell uh, somebody your cards no way they wouldn't part with them they were our current. We used to have them in boxes and go from house to house, sleep over, trade, flip, yep. whatever. But yep. you wouldn't part with those. Sometimes you would trade away doubles if you want. There was a card you wanted, 
But I don't even remember ever trading away a card that wasn't a double. Like once you had them, they were literally like currency to us growing up. And so I, I grew up with that kind of uh, bond. And uh, every once in a while, it was fun to go to a card show. You might run into another collector or you got to talk to a dealer a little bit. And that's where I got all my information. It was hit or miss. And I look back and I can't even remember. I can't even remember how like my friends and, and, and other collectors that I collected with found out about stuff. Like, I don't even remember how we found out about it, but we would hear it through the grapevine. Like, I remember when I first found out that uh, the rookie card, you know, craze was happening. And I never heard this before, so we're all going back, looking for rookie cards, going going back. Uh, I remember when that became popular. Now, it might have hit me maybe later than <laughs> some other parts of the country, but I literally remember that becoming a thing where it wasn't before. So this is, a, you know, the vintage collectors as adults kind of reminds me of that camaraderie I had with my friends as a kid. Agreed, 100%. I, I grew up the same way. Going to your friend's house, having sleepovers, bringing your box of cards, trading for hours on end, and exact same thing. But I'm like yeah. probably 10 years off from you, but we did the exact same thing all the way through. Look at Adam. He's like, dude, I got to go. I got to go. Hey, I have one more thing to show, Adam, because I, I pulled this out because it's really cool and it, it kind of has a cool story. And I hope you could see this. This is something you don't see every day, man. This is, is a ni 1970 Chem Toy Super Bowl. Oh, Super Bowl! And this super is uh, Roberto oh Clemente. Oh, my come God. On. Don't let me come over to your house. I'll blast that thing against the wall. Bounce that thing. <laughs> now, most of these are cracked and cloudy wow. and this is so clear not a crack it is just in exceptional condition now i have to tell you when i was little these super bowls were one of my favorite toys uh, in the world. i lost a little yellow one in my front yard and my mom told me to pray to saint anthony when you lose something saint anthony will help you find it and i stood out in my yard and i prayed until it was dark I could not find that it was a little yellow one. And like I said, I grew up in the country and I used to bounce that thing. You know, they go like a hundred miles in the air, hundred feet in the air. And uh, I still remember losing that one. Somebody triggered a memory the other day. Uh, so when you get old, you know, you start having this, these nostalgia, but the, the Super Bowl was such a craze. And so, um, you know, when they were coming up and uh, when was this first Super Bowl? I don't know, 1967, 68? Something like that, yeah. So in the late 60s, uh, this Super Bowl was really popular. And so when they were coming up uh, and trying to find a uh, name, the guy that was trying to find the name for the NFL championship game, uh, he was struggling to find a name, and he saw his kid playing with a Super Bowl. And that's where we get the term Super Bowl. Mm. He created shut that the, name. Shut the front door. That's the craziest story I've heard. I'm going to actually watch yep. the Super Bowl now. Dude, that's there awesome. There you go. <laughs> Super Bowls, marbles, like, come on, guy. That's, like, right up my my alley right there. That I would I would be hard-pressed not to grab that ball and toss that against the wall. Yeah, this is a cool set. It. These these are the, they, awesome. they have lots of different players. Uh, and they have football ones, too. Gosh. Stooks, have, has, uh, uh, Stooks has the killer brew, he says. Um, of course he does. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, he does. Yeah. There's not Dude, a killer am, brew he doesn't have. I am the mini you 
John, more I get to know you, I realize like, dude. Yeah, oh, that's what I'm telling God. you. We're so similar. Hilarious. The only the only place we differ is on grading. Well, <laughs> to a yes, but not really, because I'm I don't look at the grades anymore. I just look at the card. But I like grading. I I, lo- I think it was the best thing that ever happened to the hobby. So I guess I am 100 percent different on you on that. And the the other thing we're we're alike is we both are centering junkies. Oh yeah, no doubt. Every once in a while, I'll find a card that just speaks to me that's a little off center or way off center. Every once in a while, but for the most part, I'm a centering junkie. I'd rather have a, I'd rather have perfectly centered than than sharp corners any day. I have a couple of OC cards. I'll never get rid of just because they just look like too good to be true, right? Yeah. Some cards. They speak. yeah. Some are just so sharp and they yeah. just look like pack fresh. Like you and... pull them out of an '87 top pack right there, but it's a yeah. '56 mantle or something, and you're like, that is like next level. Yeah, I bought uh, once in a while. I will buy cards that are like miscut, um, and I did that with a 1941 uh, Playball Joe DiMaggio, and it is a one of a kind. It's kind of cut, kind of like like a diamond cut but like kind of an extreme diamond cut and i don't know i just had to have it it was like uh so cool looking and i've never seen another one like it and it's like perfect condition other than that it's really sharp so i had to get it and of course it was you know way cheaper too because uh, yeah you know i'm probably the only one that wanted it but you know what ugly cards need love too Oh, yep. All cards. Miscut cards. I, I actually have a secondary collection of miscut cards. Super miscut. Because I, I feel like they're all one of ones. They are. Look well, at Adam. Guys, He's like, dude, I, I got to go. I, I, I yeah, just want to say this was Adam, fantastic. You're the, you're, and my takeaway, for, at least for me, my takeaway from this whole awesome live stream was that I have a card from a set that John doesn't. Ah. So, Hey, dude, I have two cards that John doesn't have, two sets. Hey, Dylan, all I know is Adam's the youngest of all of us, and he can't wait to go to bed, and we're ready to go. Yeah, I know. What's going on? Guys, guys, I got to eat dinner. I got, I got stuff to do here. I got, I got stuff to, to work on here. Eat oh. dinner? It's like midnight. No, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm out in Arizona. Oh, oh, that's right. But you, you got, I'll just leave it going. You guys want to keep going? No, 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 no. <laughs> Hey, thanks yeah, for was, hosting. Was really this fun. was fun. Yeah. My first full live with Dylan too. So stoked! It, 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 it was it was an honor, and yeah, I, was... I, I I I messed up because I should have had you sign the Sports Collectors Digest at the National. I should have brought it with me. I'll see you. I never again. thought I never thought to do it. <laughs> I don't even have that. Adam was supposed to give me his at the National. He never gave it to me. Really? I subscribe, I and I I I, I, I opened it up, too. and I saw your face. Oh, that's freaking! You were probably what the? What is this guy get on here? <laughs> that's, that's when he made that video where he's like, "This hobby's going to shit." <laughs> we got Dylan on these magazines now. What's going on here? <laughs> it's all about card grading. Yeah. Oh man, boy, a boy of my thoughts has changed since I've been on YouTube, man. Ah, oh, it's hilarious. Ah. Uh. All right, All right guys. Adam, hey, thanks, let's do this thanks again. for hosting. I appreciate it. And uh, hey, I'm behind on my newsletter. I gotta get I gotta get rolling. I've had other things going on. Yeah, and that's the only thing letter. I actually read. So come on. I gotta get on it. Eventually we're gonna make that into a book too. In an audible version, so you gotta make it in. Yeah. Someone's gotta read it and post it as a podcast. Then I 
Yeah. Always tuned in. All right. All right, guys. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. Bye.